0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org.
1: So grateful to welcome you into our Wednesday Night Sanctuary. This is a virtual sanctuary we create each week for each of us, wherever we are, to say, hey, we're creating a space of love, we're creating a space of deepening, we're creating a space of optimism, not just for ourselves, but for uh, our world. It's been great getting together on these Wednesday nights. I'm so grateful to be joined by Linda Rangel tonight and not to be upstage, but however, this man has not been on our stage for two years. Uh, Dr. Raz Smith is with us uh, tonight. So glad you're here, Raz. Um, I've been at Mile High for almost uh, three years, but just from the moment I got here, getting to see how your leadership and consciousness helped grow this church uh, to get to receive mentorship and wisdom from you still ongoing today has just been such a blessing for me. And I just got to experience for a year, so I, I imagine how so many people who've been at Mile high for years and years uh, feel about you. So we're so glad to have you sharing with us tonight, and in short, you know, what have
2: you been doing these last two years? Well, thanks for all those beautiful words, and I feel the same way about your music, Carlos. That was awesome, and Jennifer too. Uh, what have I been doing? Well, you know, I retired July 1st of 18 while I was laying in bed at uh, Presbyterian St. Luke's Hospital, so this feels way better. And... Uh, I'm very healthy, 27 months. I keep wanting to call it sobriety, but it's Mm cancer-free. And sobriety too, uh, 27 years this July, actually. But uh, what have we been doing? Tina and I have been uh, retired and traveling. So uh, before all this COVID stuff hit, we uh, were uh, laying on the beach in um, Key West, so... Not to make anybody jealous, but that was when it was January here, and uh, it was just fabulous. And, um, you know, life has changed, I think, for all of us here just recently, the last several months. uh, We were actually headed back from Galveston. Uh, It took a couple days to get back here from Galveston, Texas, but we arrived the day before Governor Polis uh, basically closed down Colorado. So we made it back just in time. And um, we were supposed to go traveling to Europe uh, about four weeks later. But as you can imagine, that didn't happen either. Um, the good news, we got all of our money back and uh, we're rescheduled. Once the vaccine is here, we'll, we'll start traveling again. But if it wasn't for COVID-19 and all of these changes, I would have been in Europe when Dr. Roger called me and asked me if I would be interested in becoming the interim minister in Austin, Texas. So it's amazing what spirit has in store for you. And you you were just telling me last week, you know, you'd retired from ministry. You had thought to yourself, hey, I think I'm done here. And so um, what changed? You know, it was really interesting. I uh, did receive that call from Roger, and it started out very pleasant. And uh, it was a great call. It was always pleasant.
1: Roger has a way of calling us to unexpected places. It,
2: it is so true. And, uh, but I, I just let him know that I would need to pray about it and um, go into meditation. And what surprised me the most is how powerful the yes was. I did think I was done. And I would say the yes to become an interim minister for six months um, was a very powerful yes. And I have spoken down there, and I love the people and the board of trustees, the staff. I'll get to know the congregation next. But, um, yeah, it, it feels good. I guess I wasn't done.
1: Yes, well, you know, what T.S. Eliot uh, say. I don't believe that anyone grows old. What happens is they stand still and stagnate. And so we, we always have to stay in that, that creativity. Yeah. It sounds like you've stayed
2: within that creativity in your own heart. No standing still, that's for no, sure. No. Yeah, not been doing that. But it, it's a long cry from uh, being right over there in uh, Christmas of 17 in a wheelchair at the Christmas Eve services to uh, playing golf. Now, just did that yesterday.
1: Well, you continue to be uh, an inspiration to all of us as you'll continue to hear when you hear Ras speak but to see the courage that you walk through those health challenges uh, with and to see you thriving and, and to see you looking better than I do here on stage uh, is just such a thrill oh, for sharks. so many of us. And uh, Reverend Linda, it's so good to have you with us tonight. And for almost two years, you've been in ministry and you've been an essential part of our healing ministry at Mile High. And i was just wondering if you'd share with everyone what, what's it been like to, to be a leader in that ministry with people facing all sorts of different health challenges through this time of, of COVID?
0: You know, in a way, the people in the healing ministry were a little bit accustomed to some isolation. As Raz and I have both walked a cancer journey, you know that sometimes you're just going to be isolated when you're having treatments and things. But what amazes me and continues to amaze me about the healing ministry is how resilient people are. And, you know, we go over and over the factors for having radical hope and a return to vibrant health. And people just work those steps, you know, they embrace their social support, they increase their positive emotions, they deal with any suppressed emotions, they become the CEO of their own health, as you and I have, have done, and so many more things. They invite more humor into their lives, some radically change their diets, and it's just a joy and a pleasure to be with the participants in the healing ministry every Wednesday night in our healing support group. And it's
1: uh, amazing to me and I've always said you know in this philosophy and I especially find it true here at Mile High Church that you know I love our teachings I love spirituality but the thing that I've learned more from more than reading any books or anything like that is the stories of the people that we find here. People that have overcome immense challenges or walk through sometimes even passing away because of their health challenge, but doing it with such grace and such consciousness, it's an incredible thing. And I have a feeling, Linda, that you experience some of those stories every day as you are one of those people for me who has amazing stories of of thriving in spite of facing health challenges.
0: Right, it is a sacred pleasure, isn't it? To be the holder of some of those stories and to get to support those people. I'm thinking of one fellow right now who actually contracted COVID-19 and he was very ill for three weeks and it was a little touch and go there at times. And he came out of that and he turned around and became a compassionate convalescent plasma donor. So he's helped not two, not four, but eight people so far with the donation of his antibody-rich plasma. So people just find wonderful ways to find a silver lining to so many of those things, so many of these things.
1: Because I know both of you have faced immense health challenges. You know, what do you say to someone who's watching us tonight who uh, has maybe just received a diagnosis or is uncertain about what their future is looking like
2: in terms of, of keeping that resilience and that spirit alive? You know, for me, I think it was never give up. You know, there are so many tools out there. I I would go to sleep every night and wake up every morning to Joe Dispenza's evening and morning meditations. And he was all about creating the future that you see in your life. And I know that's what made a difference for me.
0: And I was pronounced stage four lung cancer you know, on the day I found out I had it. So I skipped all of that. You know, I went from the tennis court to the chemo lab. So I think for me, I look back now six years and there was only a 6% chance I'd be here. So thank you, thank you, thank you universe. But I think the thing for me that has meant the most was deepening my spiritual connection. And Mile High has just been a fabulous, wonderful place to do that. And I think in that deepening, I went from a place before of having beliefs and I feel more like I'm in a place now where I believe in every cell, tissue and fiber of my body. I know that the essence of each one of us is spirit indeed.
1: Thank you both so much. Thank you for your commitment to your ministries, to being of service and to um, just being an example for all of us on, on how to live. And we, we are so glad you're continuing your adventures here. And you know, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, get your, get your butt back over here, Dr. Bass. We appreciate you. Thank
2: you. Hi, everybody. It's so great to be back in Mile High. I know that you are comfortable in your chair at home right now, wherever you might be in the world, watching this Mile High Wednesday Night Live. You know, when uh, Reverend Josh first reached out to me for uh, speaking here in June or July, I thought I was going to be doing a completely different talk. And this one that I have prepared for you tonight I think I've written it at least three times, and that's pretty unusual for me, but I feel um, I just feel like it's important, and my talk title tonight is Finding Common Ground. You know, these are interesting times. I know that is such a, a simple, subtle little word, but I don't think any of us have ever lived through times like we're in right now. And uh, you know, it's a great time to be a religious scientist, a person who believes in the New Thought teachings, and all that, that supports us. I know as I was going through my health challenges, I was so grateful that this teaching was at the very foundation of who I was. So um, I feel equally grateful right now. Uh, in this time, that has challenged all of us, and especially to find common ground. You know, it's, it's interesting. First, we had COVID-19, as I was just speaking about a, a few minutes ago. Uh, you know, I think that has challenged all of us. But it also showed us, I think, you know, how connected we are around this world. You know, I was going to be in Venice um, and when I started hearing all the stories, and Venice was closing down, and there was people ill and dying, I was like, "Wow, this is big And As I kept reading more, you know from my lounge chair in Florida, I realized this is building, this is growing, but it just showed me how much we are one, and as this covid nineteen swept the world and of course arrived on our shores as well and brought our lives, I, I have never seen anything that literally brought our lives to a standstill. Um, like I said, we got me and Tina got back to Colorado the very day that uh, there was a shutdown, lockdown, whatever we called it. And then of course, within a few months, the horrific, horrific killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And what that has done for our uh, social fabric and how we are being challenged more now than ever to really look at how we live and our systems and all of these things. And I thought common ground, how are we going to find common ground? And I thought to myself that it is more important now than ever to realize we are one human family. So I'm just moved that we, we get to this point where we see that indeed we are one. So when I uh, received, like many of you did uh, this last Monday, the email from Reverend Josh and uh, Dr. Michelle that uh, proclaimed what Mile High Church stood for, I was just proud to be part of this congregation. You know, I'm a member here, I'm going to be an interim minister at the Unity Church of the Hills in Austin, Texas for about six months, but I'm a member of Mile High Church. So I was just proud to read that, all three pages, and realize that that is part of the fabric that is the common ground for Mile Highers. And I think that is what overcomes everything, to realize that we stand for human dignity And that we stand for welcoming all people, no matter what. You know, I I am just amazed that, um, you know, I was talking to Tina, as I often do before I give a talk, and, um, you know, why George Floyd has triggered so much movement for uh, eradicating racism. But I could say the same thing about why is it that after my first divorce, I didn't stop drinking. You know, why after I wrecked this car or ruined that, that uh, relationship or whatever it was. But, I, you know, I gave up trying to figure it out. But after 400 years of putting up with racism and being treated um, in such a way that their lives were threatened all the time. I am so much more sensitive to it now, and I know many of you are as well, and I don't want us to miss this moment to make an incredible difference on the history of humankind, that this is the time we feel the oneness and we do something about it. You know, Mile High has a long-standing policy on diversity, and I remember when I was executive director, I brought in Tracy Brown, who is an expert on diversity training and she uh, lives in dallas texas and uh, she's part of the center for spiritual living there great and wonderful person she's been here several times but i brought her in for diversity training um, quite a while ago maybe 10 years ago or so but i tell you what she is so busy right now her uh, facebook page is called what is mine to do what is mine to do And uh, she said something like over 5,000 people now because they want to become more educated. You know, it's this groundswell. You know, she's a nonviolent person. She believes in change through nonviolence, just like Dr. Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi. And now people are wanting to learn about black lives and what it has been like to have 400 years of history in this country where it was not safe, to be a black person. I mean, it just hurts to realize that just because of the color of one's skin that it can be unsafe. So I'm so delighted that she is doing her work and she recently did this, I listened to it. Uh, She calls it the five E's and it's educate, equip, engage, evolve, and experience. And I loved what one of my uh, white female Center for Spiritual Living colleagues said. She says, I think I need a learner's permit. You know, and I kind of feel the same way. I feel like as uh, much as I might have called myself an anti-racist and all those kind of labels, what I realize is I don't understand as much as I think I want to for us to be able to be the kind of people who speak Talk, act, live, be people of oneness. I think I need a learner's permit. So challenging time. You know, the COVID-19, now uh, social unrest, and all the conversation about embracing all people, which we have always done, but in a whole new way in a much more profound and long-lasting way that we don't miss this moment? Yeah, it's challenging, but is it possible to find common ground? I would say the answer is yes. Absolutely yes. With a capital Y-E-S. And I'm going to give you just two steps. They're simple. I don't have an acronym tonight. Um, but there are two steps. The first one is we must. I'm going to emphasize must. We must find where we are similar so that we can communicate again. We must find those ways where we are alike. And I'm going to give you a list at the end of this talk so you understand there is a lot of common ground here. But this is what will happen to help heal the separation that many of us feel or have felt. I know I certainly have you know with family or friends and I know some people even feel that way sometimes in the church where they go to but you know what the first step is to understand that we all want love and right now with COVID-19 we all would like a hug and you know there's a limited number of people we can get a hug from I mean I have my mask right here you know got to put that on it just doesn't go well with this microphone And that's what we're going to do to be safe, to be alive, to be vibrant. But we all want love and to live healthy lives. Trust me, everybody wants to live healthy lives. So that's where we start. We find those places that are similar. And yes, for you mile hires, you know all of the magic comes out of this pocket. Step two, we must also acknowledge that we can be different. We can be different. Yes, we're very similar in a lot of ways. That's a lot of the oneness. But as Ernest Holmes said, it's oneness, not sameness. So we can be different. We have different colors of skin. We have uh, different faith traditions. We come from different family backgrounds. We have so many things that are different, and yet we still often want the same things. You know, one of the things I loved about this letter that I received from Reverend Josh and Dr. Michelle is it talked about the different viewpoints that mile-hires have. And what I want you to know that in this, and I invite you to read it again, right in this, right here, it talks about how valid it is to have different viewpoints. And that when we respect each other, and we once again learn civil discourse, we can disagree and still be one human family. We need to learn how to do that again. Because if namaste is going to be the God within me, sees the God within you, I need to realize that you can disagree with me. You can have a different viewpoint you know, this. we have so many uh, labels that I think divide us. And the one human family is the one that brings us together. And recently I was talking with some friends and they shared with me that over the years, sometimes it's been hard to be a conservative at Mile High Church. So what I would invite us to do is step beyond the boundaries of our opinions and judgments about other people's viewpoints, and realize that we are more alike than we think. Trust me, if you got this in the mail this week, and this is something you believe in, we can overcome any differences. So read it again. So I want to tell on myself, because what I'm talking about is judgments, right? You know, judging somebody else that's different than me, they must not understand or they must not believe in equality or racial justice or whatever, whatever's up. I had an experience in Florida. I think it was February. It was very warm there, not so much here. So we were by the pool. And, uh, you know, there was a couple and, and several of their friends tagging along with them to go to the pool. And I was already formulating judgments. I was really delighted that nobody could hear what was going on in my head. And uh, I didn't even want to admit this at first. But I had so many uh, judgments about these individuals and I had made um, a decision about uh, that they were not the type of people that would embrace all people. And so I was just kind of relishing in my uh, judgments there as they sat down and they they put their um, iPod or iPad uh, on one of the tables and I thought oh great this is going to be interesting and uh, then they started their Pandora music playlist and I went oh boy and shockingly to my amazement every song that was on their pandora playlist i loved it and the judgments were starting to dissolve and you know i was still hanging on to one how insensitive they're playing it pretty loud this is kind of a a mellow place and uh the one uh, guy came over and he goes our music isn't too loud for you is it And I went, oh my God, he's considerate too. And, you know, all of the judgments just started melting away and I loved the rest of the afternoon and the music that was being played. And I just got caught. I got caught playing in my own judgments. Being the closed-minded individual I was thinking they were. Being the kind of people that I didn't think embraced all people and I was the one doing it. So, you know, I think what is mine to do is a very apt term. I think now more than ever, finding common ground is going to be about what is mine to do. Where are my judgments? Where are my prejudices? What is the work I need to do? So I'm, I don't like what's going on and how much it hurts. I've met so many of uh, new black friends in Austin and my black friends here, and I can just feel how painful this is and how tired they are for having to deal with it. And of course, my gay and lesbian friends who were so excited, uh, the Supreme Court, you know, ruled that they are considered covered under our Constitution And I can get excited for them and and know what a tough walk that has been. I want to be less judgmental. I feel like, even though I've been in the ministry almost 20 years, I feel like I have a learner's permit. There's so much to learn. So, you know, maybe that's why I'm going to do some more ministry. I have more to learn. And uh, I thought I could just go play. But, uh, you know, serving the world is what I want to do. So, you know, the clamor of COVID-19 and, of course, all the social unrest, I think that's the clarion call for us. That's the call for us to find the common ground. So do I have any specific answers? I, I don't think so. But I do have this. I believe our common ground is that we want to be in loving relationships. Love is love. We laugh when we see the innocence of children and grandchildren. That's common ground. I believe we have common ground when we smile, when we see the playfulness of puppies and kittens. I know that Jennifer Burnett and Carlos's doggy isn't much bigger than this card. But what a love he is. I love seeing his pictures on Facebook. And don't we have the common ground where we look in awe at mountains, lakes, forests, flowers, and streams? We like music. Sometimes maybe different, maybe not the kind of music you always want to listen to. But you know what? The melody and the music touches somebody's heart every time it's played. I also believe in our hearts That we indeed want to embrace a sibling or a parent that we have disagreed with. That maybe those are some of the healings that could now happen. I've been reading stories about people who want to teach their children differently. It's already happening. It's spreading like wildfire. I love that it's transforming around the world. How people are seeing their prejudices. And I, I know I was touched when I read about George Lloyd's six-year-old daughter who said, my daddy is changing the world. You know, I don't know why it was this one. I don't know why it's happening now because there were so many others that are on that list. But you know, there's thousands. That's what we're gonna learn. But you know what? I think we want to cross the aisle. In the legislatures around the country, we want to join hands in creating a better world. That is what people want. And we want to be the people that our children look up to. And we want all people to be free as our Constitution and our Independence Day that is coming up declares. So I say we once again seek that common ground that brings us together as one human family.
1: Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, please visit us at milehighchurch.org. Have a fabulous day.